All right, Chris. Chris, give me a beat. No. Give me a beat. No, I'm not giving you a beat. All right, fine. I'll put in. No, my please beat do not this. do this. Ready? This is happening. No, right do now. not do this. There you go. Ready? Are you recording? Yes. Three. Stop the recording. Two. Stop. The- one. But our names are Greg and Chris, and here's the deal. Our passion is Disney and the feels are real. In the early morning and through the night, we dream about Disney and it feels so right. From the Magic Kingdom to the Epcot Park, we'll talk about everything that's dear to our hearts. So please subscribe and ask your cues, because this podcast will have the answers for you. Welcome to my Disney Addiction Podcast with your hosts, the Disney Detective Greg and... I hate you so much right now. <laughs> oh, come on. That was it. That was an epic rap to start this episode. This is your number one ghost host, Chris. Ladies he and gentlemen. Me. He loves you guys. <laughs> this Wasn't was a awesome? very... I, I very much loved our time together. I loved everything that you guys have meant to us for this podcast. But I think uh, we you- will have to retire this after this episode. Not because I want to, but because of that recording of a rhyme people shall be walking away we are not tendering our resignation sir if this if anything this has strengthened our podcast no this is who we are mean you are not on i'm the a same white page. guy who can rap like jay-z or eminem no don't even or snickers yourself. or any other candy bar <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? We're back for another episode. Yes. I, I once again, I apologize for said oh, rhyming. You shouldn't apologize. I mean, it, it was a gift. It was a gift. Your ears are, or should be thanking you. No, I mean, I think, okay, we're just going to move on past that. <laughs> so I hope everybody's doing well. Um, we are on our, what is this, Greg? This is our sixth episode now. Episode oh number gosh. six. Episode 6. And what are we going to be talking about today, Chris? Well, we're going to talk about actors. Actors? Yeah, what, actors. What we're going to be talking about people who act. Okay. Actors, actresses. Okay. But not just actors or actresses. Voice actors slash, slash actresses. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, that is Disney's... Uh, you know, cream of the crop. That's what they're known for is their animation and the voice acting that goes along with said yeah, animation. Yeah, and I think uh, there have been uh, obviously a plethora of a people who have voiced different characters. Cornucopia. <coughs> done different things. Yes. Um, so we're going to kind of cover some of our top five. But the way we're going to do it this time is we're going to do top five male actors and top type, top five female actors. And um, now this is not um, a list based off of prolificity of people who have done voice actings in the past for Disney. This is not um, the level of stardom or fame that any of these um, actors may have or actresses may have. They are our favorites. Our personal lists. Yes, our personal favorites. And so, and then there are going to be some people who are obviously gonna be upset with this because everybody has an opinion and luckily nowadays i'm so grateful that everybody gets offended by an opinion so i know people will be offended by this opinion yes well i mean if anything please let us know who your favorite uh voice actors and actresses are uh you know throughout the whole disney lexicon of movies yeah and um 
one of the things that I do want to mention is that we do have obviously famous people that, uh, or I mean not famous people, but famous characters that we will not be mentioning. And like some of them I personally haven't mentioned are, you know, we're not going to be mentioning um, Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or anything like that. Not, not because I don't think that they're important. It's just that I feel like we could do a whole history episode or series of episodes on the Fab Five. And they go without being said. I mean, those are just iconic. They're what make Disney Disney. And I mean, I think I think those I think are always in the back of uh, fans' minds. But I think it's nice to sort of break away from that and see other um, points of view or even performances that we see in some of the later movies, uh, you know, to sort of bring in that that whole i guess um transition from you know the beginnings of the walt disney company with mickey mouse walt disney doing mickey mouse's voice himself to you know us literally hiring darth vader to play mufasa in lion king so i mean i, th- I think wait, it's- a minute, wait a minute wait a minute stop 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 we didn't disney did not hire darth vader darth vader is a fictional character no, James Earl Jones is Darth Vader. Like, there's no going. Okay, so they yes, that would be more. <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay, they okay, yeah, Darth sure, but Vader. Like, of course, like he's Darth Vader. Like, come on. So, um, so that's kind of like a little bit of a preface of what we're going to be talking about today. So I just wanted to set that expectation right away. Yep. Um. So before we <clears throat> also get into it, well, something that's going to be interesting about this episode is we're not going to be talking about every single individual person on this list we're not going to get into all their histories every single um movie that those people have ever done that would make it a day-long episode yeah that is a very obviously very 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 long and some of these people are going to be disney legends that we have mentioned some of them may not be um but that's totally fine and then um there's gonna be a whole bunch of stuff we're gonna talk about we might talk about the movies a little bit that they are in and maybe talk about some of the scenes or the lines or the facts, songs. trivia. Facts, trivia. Not too terribly much because we do have um, series on those movies or episodes on those movies that we are going to cover. So there's not need to go too much in depth. But, I mean, we might want to talk about why we liked that person as for the portrayal of that actor or, I mean, that character. For sure. So without further ado, shall we get into it? Yeah. So let's get into it. The way we're going to do it. Uh, folks, we're going to go from five to one. So our top five, and then obviously number one being our personal favorites. We will throw some honorable mentions in there at the end um, of each. And so we'll... Like before we we'll, announce the number one from each category, we're going to go into honorable mentions. Yeah. So, uh, Greg, do you want to go first? Let's start. Okay. Great. So we're going to do... We're gonna, And the way we're also going to do this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do... Uh, Number five, male and female. The number four, male and female. Great. Oh, yeah. So I guess we'll start with uh, the number five spot in my list for uh, top five Disney voice actors. I think it's going to be Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings. Yes. The man, the myth, the legend. This guy, he is a voice acting legend. He plays Winnie the Pooh. He plays Tigger. He does amazing at Darkwing Duck. He also is Pete from, you know, like the Goofy world, like Goof Troop. He's Pete, uh, their neighbor, uh, Ka, from uh, the Jungle Book. 
Um, of course, not the original, but he's he's the one that took over from uh, Sterling Holloway. Oh, say so Sterling Holloway was Ka. Yes, as well as Winnie the Pooh, like the original, but he's yeah. the one that took over, you know, once uh, um, Holloway unfortunately passed. But um, he's also the Tasmanian Devil in Looney Tunes and uh, so many other characters. I mean, his voice is used in so many TV shows that are outside of Disney. Um, I can just go on and on and on about it. But um, most recently, he is Hondo. He's Captain Hondo, uh, especially in the Smuggler's Run, uh, Millennium Falcon Ride in Star Wars Land. But I mean, again, this guy, he has such a breadth of uh, credits to his name that like I cannot talk about this episode without bringing up his name. Okay. No, I I actually have Jim Cummings and, as well, but, where but did not you rank him. Not not where you do. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I have number five for male um, voice actors mm-hmm. as Phil Harris. Ooh. Phil Harris was Blue in the Jungle Book. He was um, uh, O'Malley in the Aristocrats. I didn't know that. And then he was um, Little John in um, Robin Hood. So, Very nice. And then obviously people might know him from High and the High and Mighty um, movie as well. But, um, I mean, he was a comedian, you know, um, jazz performer, you know, actor back in the day. And I his voice to me has just got a richness and a smoothness to it that's a classic, like, 1940s, 50s, early 60s um voice actor but very much in the jazz style yes. like if you listen to him singing <clears throat> in um look for the bear yeah bare necessities and um um like the, the jungle book he does such a good job uh job of I, I i might be getting this wrong i think it's um for jazz it's uh scatting like yes so he did such a good job doing that so i i would have to give <clears throat> The, uh, the number five to uh, Phil Harris. I thought he was so good. Dude, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely, I, I, I think he, he ranks up there for me as well. But um, it's, it's like in the Jungle Book when he says, like, hey there, little bridges. Like, I'm like, oh, that is, that's blue to a T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was definitely well a part of my childhood growing up and, and hearing his voice on so many beloved an- animated features. So great addition all right so number five female Female. voice actor all right what do you got greg so for me it it, it is really tough to to rank them because i think they're so close for me like i love them all um but i would have to say it's uh mini driver okay and she played jane in disney's tarzan so uh that is definitely an obscure one not 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 in the um wheelhouse of most people right for sure i know but for some reason i just really like her accent uh, of course she's english and um she was actually born so um on the site imdb the international movie da- database um you know how they have their name where they were born their birth date uh some of their classic trademarks for <laughs> For where she was born, they got really specific, and they said that she was born at Middlesex Hospital in London, England, UK. Like, the exact hospital. Like, that was the first time I've seen them being so specific on where, like, a celebrity was born. Usually, it's just, like, the city, state, or or, or country, but no, no, no. They went a step further, and they did 
the hospital. <laughs> like, do you remember where you were born, or did your parents tell you like where you were born? I was born in Delhi, India. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, for me, like I was born here, you know, in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, at St. Mary's. So, um, I just found that really interesting. Like, wow, they actually like listed the hospital, the exact hospital in which she was born. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's not that awkward. I mean, well, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying it's awkward. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I've never seen that before, especially on IMDb. Like, mm. usually it's just, like, the... Where they're from. Yeah. yeah, like, the town or the city. But, like, no, the, the middle, Middlesex Hospital. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for some reason, I just really enjoy her voice and how she portrayed Jane in the movie. Um, coming from... Wait, 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 wait. She played Jane in Tarzan? Yeah. Oh, for some reason, I was thinking you said something about Hercules. No, 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 not yet, not yet. We'll get there. Spoiler oh. alert. But um, yeah, I know. So she plays Jane. Uh, so I don't know if if a lot of you have read the Edgar Rice Burroughs Tarzan. Yeah, books. the original book. Yeah, that was uh, I believe published in the early twentieth uh, century, like around nineteen twelve or so. But Jane in the book, she's actually blonde haired, and she's American. She's from Baltimore, Maryland, and she has a lake house actually in wisconsin in the books believe it or not um so tying it back to our to, to our heritage here but um yeah she's american she's blonde but in the movie she's english and a brunette which is completely fine but again i, I sort of did like that take uh again it's completely different than the character from the book really did enjoy that and i mean just the way that she yells and screams when you know tarzan is saving her from the angry horde of baboons you know when she was trying to to paint that little baby baboon and you know it stole her her shoe or her umbrella or parasol sorry um I, again i think i think she just lent a really good um i guess uh, casting to the movie um, but, you know, you might recognize her in other movies. Uh, for example, in The Phantom of the Opera, she was Carlotta, that crazy Italian woman uh -huh. who was more of like a diva. Um, uh, she was also in Goodwill Hunting, I believe, as Matt Damon's or Will Hunting's uh, love interest, Skylar. Yeah. Um, and then um, one of my favorite James Bond movies she is in. It's GoldenEye with Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I love, love, love that James Bond movie. Um, so, yeah, Mini Driver would be... Um, number five for me in terms of the female category. How about you? Yeah, I think um, for me, um, I would have to go with Eileen Woods. Okay. Who played Cinderella Classic. and sang one of the most famous Disney songs of all time. A dream is a wish your heart makes. Um, I just get chills thinking about that song. It's so powerful. It's, I mean, it, it's classic Disney. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, like, when I think Disney, I mean, uh, there's going to be a repeated theme with mine mm -hmm. um, for the female actors, for sure. But you can't think of Disney at all without thinking of that song, without thinking of, I mean, I, I think with the original um, set of princesses, mm -hmm. Snow White, Cinderella, and uh, Sleeping Beauty, um, I think some of the lines or lack of lines or variability with their character types uh, didn't lean so much towards am amazing one-liners or epic um, standout you know moments for me sure. but it's 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 definitely more the 
voice itself, like the sound of the voice and mainly what that voice and tone brought to a song. And that's where I think I would have to put uh, her as my number five because, I mean, when you hear the original, when you, you know, a dream is a wish your heart makes. I, I mean, that to me is like, yes, that's Disney. Right, yeah. I like that take that you took in, in terms of this this list where it's not really just the lines that they had or how they uh, created the character. It was also more of the fact of like how they sung the classic uh, popular songs from from those movies so all right greg number four what do we got here let's see what's up let's see what's up all right so um it's uh none other than jeremy irons who portrayed the voice of uh mufasa's um evil brother scar from the lion king instead of james earl jones no yeah yeah but james earl jones that voice bro i know like james earl jones talks i mean he could literally just be reading a phone book and I'll be like, yes, you have authority. You He's are like, in charge. Just keep reading it, man. Yeah. Give me those digits. <laughs> but yeah, for, so, for some reason, like I just think that even though James Earl Jones uh, did a phenomenal job in that movie, I think Jeremy Irons' scar stole the show. I think he's, mm. I mean, he's such a menacing character. He brings that gravitas and that fear um, into, into Scar's voice. He is one of the best Disney villains, villains in my opinion, and uh, I mean, okay, again, okay. Not if, only... if you had, if you had to pick a line for him, oh my goodness! Uh, if I had to pick a line, Jeremy Scar's, um, Jeremy Scar's, Jeremy Irons Scar, <laughs> it would probably be, um, "Long live the king." Yeah, I mean that's pretty. Right, I mean, common, yeah, historic. I know that's that's a that's a cookie a cookie cutter response, but it's it's such a good, especially with the way he says it. It's like so much emotion and power behind it that it's like, like almost it's like it feels right that he's about to kill Mufasa and and take the throne. It's Mm -hmm. like, wow, um, it it just brings me into that world. Um, But I mean, Jeremy Irons, he's he's also in a lot of other. Um, movies that you have probably seen. Uh, most recently, he was Alfred in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and Batman vs. Superman. Um, I think he did a really good job uh, with his portrayal of Alfred, especially um, when the most recent one before him was Michael Caine. Michael Caine, man. I love Michael Caine. Mo- Michael Caine, yes. Love that Master man. Wayne. Yeah, I mean, he's... I think he did such a great job with Alfred. I, I know we're quickly switching from Disney to DC, but... Um, he's he's definitely one of the stronger performances um, coming out of that movie. But again, Al- Jeremy Irons did a really good job at his portrayal of Alfred, and I really did like the way that he took that character. Um, but uh, sort of tying in my number five voice actor to um, Jeremy Irons. So Jim Cummings, believe it or not, he had to step in for Jeremy Irons during the song Be Prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the recording of, of The Lion King because Jeremy Irons threw out his voice when he was singing, you won't get a sniff without me. Yeah. He threw his voice out. So uh, being the ever-capable voice impressionist or actor, Jim Cummings stepped in and he finished off that song 
Nice. Yeah, right? I'm like, that's so crazy. Like, you wouldn't even notice. It's like a seamless transition. But again, Cummings can, he can uh, mask his voice into literally anybody. Like, he's so talented that way. But yeah, so my number four, Jeremy Irons as Scar. Okay, what about... Uh... Okay, so my number four, yeah. uh, male... Yeah, forget about you. Uh, would have to be... Uh... It's, it's two of them, because mainly of their... Ooh, you're cheating, but okay, I'll take yeah, it. But mainly because of I'll what they it. voiced. It okay. would have to be All right. Sterling Holloway slash Jim Cummings. Okay. Um, uh, that's like, fair. Like that's literally fair. Winnie the Pooh, uh, you know, the adventures of Winnie the Pooh, um, besides any of the other voice actings they did. For me, like childhood-wise, the voices of Tigger, Piglet, Pooh, like all those characters are just Tanga, so huh? owl, owl like all of them i i, I forgot <laughs> but yeah i mean even jim cummings came back and he was doing all the voice actings for the live action of yeah. christopher robin which was a phenomenal which movie, was a great movie way. i loved it i think ewan mcgregor nailed it like knocked it out of the park yes um but jim cummings uh, and um um uh, sterling holloway their voices like the things that they can do with their voices is amazing. I like how you can go from, I'm not even going to try doing poo. Oh, oh, bother. Yeah. Oh, bother. I can't even do it. I can't even do it. <laughs> oh, stuff and love. But like uh, going from that to jumping to somebody as hyperactive as Tigger to somebody as soft-spoken as Piglet within like a couple of tra- Obviously, yeah. like I'm sure they did, you know, tracks of each individual right. episode. I mean, I think the individual, like the original Winnie the Pooh cast, I think like Sterling Holloway just did Pooh. I know that Tigger was someone else. It was it was Ed someone. Yeah. Ed Ed Pinchel maybe, but um, when Jim Cummings took it over, he started to he took on pretty do, much all of them. Yeah, he did Winnie the Pooh. He did Tigger and Piglet. So he's like the modern day Mel Blanc. You know, mm-hmm. he, you know Mel Blanc he, of Looney Tunes fame. <clears throat> Um, he voiced Bugs Bunny. He did Elmer Fudd. He did Yosemite Sam. I think he did even Daffy Duck. He did all of, like, literally all the voices of, of Looney Tunes. And that's what Jim Cummings is for Disney right now. Yeah. So I, I would have to do number four. And right. I mean, whenever, it's just one of those things. When I hear Jim Cummings do Tigger or Piglet or Pooh, like, I immediately revert back to being like a five year old boy watching The Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Right. Like, it just instantaneously, like, oh. I want to watch Winnie the Pooh. I know, and I mean, even some of those songs from from that that movie yeah. are are iconic. Like, oh, I'm just a little black rain cloud. Oh my like, gosh! I love yes. that scene. You know when he's just hovering under the honey tree. Yeah, I totally you know? forgot about that. Right? Or even when um, Pooh was doing his morning routine, like I'm short, fat. And proud of that you know yeah. like he was like in front of the mirror and he's standing on the stool and he's yeah like, and he's like exercising up, down, down up down to yeah, my yeah. appetite's delight like i love those songs like it just brings a smile to my heart whenever it's i hear so that good dude yeah yeah so i really do admire that you brought in sterling holloway as well because like he needs to be talked to get talked about as well because he's the one who I think created that Winnie the Pooh sound, that iconic yep. sound that Jim Cummings then took over so uh, effortless, effortlessly. All right, so number four female voice actor. Four actress. Actress, Duh. yes. So for me, it has to be Linda Larkin 
and she played Jasmine in the 1992 film Aladdin. Really? Yes. Okay. Why? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just I really enjoy her voice. Like she, she has that very independent, powerful voice. Like she wants to do stuff on her own, but yet it's also very um, sweet, calming, and sensual. If sensual? you will. Sensual. Okay. Sensual. I was like, what's sensual? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I. I think she just blends that um, that very feminine quality, but also an authority where it's like, okay, she can hold her own and she knows what she wants in life. And I think she really put that into the character. And that's why I love Jasmine, like the character, like she's my favorite Disney princess. Okay, so I would have to go for my number four, I would have to go with Paige O'Hare as Belle. Okay, okay, another Disney princess. Here we go. Um, I, I don't know. I felt like Belle's character had that intelligence. Like, she exuded... Um, and, like, when... Like, she was talking to Gaston, and mm-hmm. she would make fun of him. She did it in a very soft-spoken, intelligent, backhanded way. When she's like, Gaston, you're just, you know, you know completely primeval. And uh, Gaston's like, well, thank you, Belle. <laughs> it's like one of those things uh, she was making fun of him but didn't do it but she did it in such a sweet hearted manner right but like it, 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 and I just loved it and I think um, she took a ver- it was a very good job when she would get mad at the beast especially when they were after the beast came back like she Belle brought him back from being attacked by the wolves and they're sitting and this is the animated version when they're sitting on the chair and she's trying to clean off his wounds and he said yelling at her and she said you know you know fighting back a little bit but when she when i think it was like you know the beast is like you shouldn't have ran away and then she's like well you should learn to control your temper like she's mad but she's not like turning into a screeching screaming person it was just right. still soft spoke like not she was mad she raised her voice but her tone still exuded like a very soft like princessy sound right, to it, yeah. which I really liked, but it still had that sense of like, don't talk back to me. I'm still <clears throat> she can stand up for herself. Yeah, it's still she stood, still stood up for herself, but that didn't mean she turned into a snarling, Beast. crazy lady. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like <clears throat> I, I think I think both of our is it number fours. Number I think fours did a really good job at like treading that line of being, you know, that that Disney princess, but also one that wants so much more that can hold their own that um they're independent <coughs> and you know that their voice should be heard and going back to to mine linda larkin especially with jasmine it's like she wasn't she wasn't tricked by aladdin's prince ali you know like when they were doing the magic carpet ride and when they were watching the fireworks above forbidden city you know she's like you know um, it's too bad abu couldn't see this you know and then Alu- uh, aladdin just goes like oh yeah i know abu loves fireworks like, and then he's like, oh, he catches himself like, oh, my gosh, like she just saw through my my disguise. I mean, granted, it wasn't really a big disguise. He was just putting on a, a poofy turban with a, a purple feather and, you know, some nice threads. But um, it's like you can't really trick Jasmine. And, and she you know, she pulls it off uh, very, very well. And not only do I like uh, Linda Larkin as Jasmine, but the singing voice as well. I, I think we should definitely bring that up. Leia Salonga. Now, she sings Jasmine's parts in all of the songs that Jasmine is in. You know, A Whole New World, 
Um, and my personal favorite that I do like better than A Whole New World is Out of Thin Air. And that's coming from the, Aladdin, the third Aladdin movie, King of Thieves. For some reason, I just love, love, love that song. Um, but yeah, Leia Salonga, you know, she has a phenomenal voice. And she was actually used as other princesses, like singing voices later on that I'll touch mm-hmm. upon. But yeah, so again, I think I'm going off of two. It's like Linda Larkin and Leia Salonga as number four. Okay. Yeah. So number three male, male. voice right. actor for you. Go right. ahead. So for me, um, I would... So I know that I might get a like I think heads will turn when I bring this one up uh, just because like well why isn't he higher? Um, it's it's Robin Williams. He's my number three. He's not the top. I know I. Yeah, Chris is he's like he's moving around. He's like oh my gosh I can't believe his, his nonverbals are just going off off the charts. He's like I don't agree with you man. But I'm like I gotta say it like there are two others that I think for me um, encapsulate that Disney feeling. But Robin Williams I mean he's. He is a a an, an icon, uh, and don't steal my thunder. I will explain why he should be higher. Okay, okay, yeah. So I'll just I guess keep it brief since you know you will go into um, him later on. <clears throat> but again, like he was the instigator that would bring more um, celebrity stars into voice acting because before you would just get like the regular run of the mill voice actors that really weren't household names. In 1992, when Robin Williams was cast as Genie, he sort of turned that on the edge saying, hey, you know, like voice acting is a real thing and it's something to be reckoned with and it can make you even more popular. So I think he definitely started that 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 shift, that paradigm shift in, in voice acting and in animated features. All right, so my number... Yes, well, who is yours? My number um, three, three. <laughs> it's uh, it's before four. Yeah. My number three, and I know you probably have him higher. Oh, okay. Would have to be Patrick Warburton. Yes. Um, Kronk. Kronk, like right. David Spade. I love David Spade. I think he's hysterical. I mean, if you've ever seen Joe Dirt. <laughs> It's great. Joe Dirte. It's great. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I cannot. I love Joe Dirt. It is it is so funny. Um <laughs> Look at you. You can't even I can't, you can't even I'm thinking of all the lines from Joe Dirt and I just can't. Okay. Okay, Disney. <laughs> Disney Chris. Oh, I'm no. playing dude Joe Dirt in my head. <laughs> look, look, stop. David Spade isn't even number three for you. Laughing. It's, it's Patrick mean, Warburton, and you, I, you're I going off stop. in this tangent. <laughs> I'm literally seeing the whole movie flash before my eyes. It is so funny. Um, okay, so, so Patrick continue. Warburton, like he was so good as Kronk. I, I actually feel Kronk stole the movie. He did. He did to the point where they created a whole Kronk movie. Yeah, Kronk's New Groove. Yeah, and the so like sequel. Like anybody who video. thinks of the Emperor's New Groove, you want to know what they immediately say? Kronk. Kronk. Everybody. Yep. I, I I challenge you to find a person who can think of Emperor's New Groove and does not immediately think of Kronk. Yeah, it's nearly impossible. Like he's the front runner. He's 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 the one that everybody <laughs> thinks of. Like I, I literally think he is the best side villain sidekick yeah 
But the cool thing is like he's he's just not all there that he doesn't realize that he's actually helping out the villain or he's like the sidekick to the villain. Like he's just trying to do what's best. He's just going along, you know, like he just doesn't. So he, yeah, I mean, I think what also makes him so endearing is like he, he, he just goes along with it and you know, things certain and things happen to where, you know, he, he help, ends up like helping out like the good guys, but he's, he's known as Yzma's henchman. Yeah. I just love how much he's so innocent. He's like, exactly. Yzma, I got my uh, spinach puffs. Yzma, it's your birthday? Oh, you didn't tell me it was your birthday? You didn't tell me it was your birthday? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I love it's him. great. And then, like, one of my other favorite scenes with him, it's not in this movie. It's in Men in Black 2. What's when what him and Will Smith yeah. are in the diner. He's like, hmm, this is good pie. Yep, yep, this is good pie. <laughs> the, the way he says that. Right. And then he's actually, like, the narrator now. For a series of unfortunate events. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, like, I think he's, his, and that's the thing. His voice is so deep and, like, yeah. it, like, brings you in. And yes. I can't even get that low. Right. And he's also the, like, flight coordinator of Soren. Soren. Yep. I'm like, that's awesome. It's amazing. I love it. So, let, let's move on to number three, female voice actress. All right. So, for me, I think it is Ming Na Wen who voices Mulan. Okay. Yes. I have always found her voice very soothing. And again, it's another very strong female character that, that I think she does very well. Um, of course, you all know the story of Mulan where you know she uh, takes her father's place in the army to uh, not only um, protect him from potential you know death in war, but also to, I think, uh, rise up to what is truly in her to sort of be that that leader and and how she can win over the troops um, at first being Ping and then finally being Mulan at the end where she finally fulfills her destiny being the person that she really is instead of hiding behind a different mm -hmm. gender. So I really enjoyed that and again it's just she has that very peaceful authority that she portrays but she's also very like every so often you get that like that that surprise tone in her voice where like she's freaked out by Mulan at first or you know by by Sean Yu um it's just I think she just does a very good job with the character and it really makes me want to root for her you know in the end so again um Ming Na Wen is my number three uh, and of course I also have to say Leia Salonga so she's in two spots just because she's also the singing voice of Mulan when she sings uh, Reflection uh, one of my favorite uh, Disney songs um, you know from a princess yeah but you like the 98 degrees version yes yeah gotta be true to your heart so um... yeah so that's that's mine I know it's a little bit of quick but again it's just she does such a phenomenal job at crafting that character that I think it withstands time yeah, so I would have to go my number three. I would have to go with Angela Lansbury. Ooh, okay. So is, Mrs. Potts. Is she a dame? Was she knighted by the queen? Is she Dame Angela? I have no idea. Okay. I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay. I'm maybe going to try to. She should be. She should be. But um, anyway. I mean, Mrs. Potts. I mean, yeah. let's be serious here. Yeah. I mean, the mother of the whole movie, pretty much. Seriously. And I mean, like just like that sweet you know nice like she could be everybody's grandma yeah 
I I would want her as my grandmother. Like she, her voice, like is a just third so... grandmother. I'm not saying that she would replace one of mine. I just make her a number three. A number three. Grandmother. Okay. <laughs> three, I, three and three. I just like her voice. I think it's just very um, maternal. It's very sweet, kind, caring. Um, even when she's angry in the fight scene, right? Of and the Beast. It's like she has an edge to her. She has an edge, man. It's like you know that that old grandma. Like don't piss her off yeah like she, she's yeah she can surprise you but obviously one of the things she is most known for is singing beauty and the beast mm-hmm. yes and you mentioned that great fact not the great fact you mentioned a fact about that song on one of our previous episodes that she went into the recording studio and in one shot recorded that whole track one take and she was done like she had the best um take it was like okay one and done yeah, I mean, like, if you I mean, can literally one-shot one shot it and it become, like, one of the most iconic Disney songs, I mean, like, you have a level of voice, vocal range, and stability, and epicness in singing yeah. that it's, like, June, like just freaking mic drop, man. Seriously, I know. And, like, she just stole the show. I mean, she came in, I, I, think, I think it was literally right after she landed. She went into the studio, didn't really practice it a whole lot, and a one-take wonder. And now, again, it's, it's one of the most iconic Disney songs in the entire catalog. Yeah. So that, that's why she's my number three. Like, Pure magic. Epic. All right, Greg. We're getting down to her. Number two. Number two. Male voice actor. All right. Voice actor for me, um, Patrick Warburton as Kronk. Okay. Yeah. So, I just love his voice. Uh, I mean, you can find him in so many other um, TV shows or movies as different characters. But seriously, though, like you always hear Kronk. Like even even though he, <laughs> you always hear Kronk, even though like he could be uh, like I know he was in the B movie as uh, Renee Zellweger's uh, boyfriend who uh, hated Jerry Seinfeld's B. He was uh, he was Elaine's love interest a little bit in Seinfeld. Um, he, of course, I think is in Family Guy. I forget the name. I don't really watch Family Guy, but um, he was also the uh, he was he was Buzz Lightyear in Buzz Lightyear mm-hmm. Star Command TV show after Tim Allen, you know, did it. And um, again, like <coughs> in, in, interesting choice because I don't really think Patrick Warburton sounded like Tim Allen, but they made it work. I I didn't really qu- question it. And of course, this was before Emperor's New Groove, so he wasn't Kronk yet. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, but seriously though, like you had me- mentioned earlier, Kronk stole the show. He was the one that everybody was looking for, and if he wasn't in a scene, you wanted the movie to progress to see Kronk again. And um, one of my favorite scenes of his in the movie was when he was uh, doing his own theme song as he was carrying yeah. Cusco <laughs> to the waterfall. Yeah. But- you know yeah. and so it was it was and I great like the fact that david spade is there like is he doing his own theme yeah. song yeah <laughs> like the overdubbing is like wait a minute hold on <laughs> uh but the but the cool thing is um when patrick warburton was actually doing that he improvised it all like it was not scripted like he was scatting pretty much to sort of go back to your point uh to phil harris he was scatting that theme song so he made it up and the interesting thing was is that when he was done, Disney actually made him sign the rights to that theme song over to them, which is weird. It's like, okay, you know, you made this up, like, 
here you go, like sign it so it's now ours. Um, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know where else he would use this theme song or try to replicate it, but I just found that pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, he's he's great. I think one of my favorite, well, I mean, literally anything Kronk says in that movie is gold. But I love it when uh, they were preparing dinner for Cusco. You know, it's like, oh, my spinach puffs, you know, like yeah. it goes off. And those are actually um, closely, those are actually based off of empanadas. Because like that was like the main, like a, a very popular delicacy in Peru, it was mm-hmm. empanadas. So they're actually spinach empanadas, but they're called spinach puffs. So... Um, yeah, one of my favorite quotes of his was, you know, when uh, uh, Yzma was asking Kronk about the poison. He's like, oh, the poison, the poison, um, especially chosen for Cusco. Cusco's poison. That poison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how he just goes off and off and off. It's like, you you can't, like, get angry at Kronk. You just, you, you, you just can't. So, that, again, number two for, for uh, me. All right, so my turn now, I'm yes. assuming, right? Okay. So my number two, um, voice male, male voice actor, um, I'm going to go with John Goodman. Ooh. So Sully. Pulling out the big guns. Okay. From Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University. And then, um, he was also, um, oh my gosh. From Emperor's New Groove, Pacha. Yeah, there we go. And, um, so Pacha, not so much of a, um... A win for me um but john goodman in my in s sully i mean takes oh. the cake every single time and i don't know what it is about john goodman's voice but it's got like a uh almost like a uh a pastry blankety yeah tone to it yeah i mean it's a very warm paternal voice but it's you not, know it's that not, he's out there it's to... not soft no but it's more like it, it wraps you up in his voice yeah exactly. i like john goodman's voice and very i think full yeah so for me i would have to go with john goodman for my number two because i just i can hear sully and like to me mike wazowski's voice is a little too whiny for me billy crystal yeah though. billy yeah you gotta love billy crystal's voice yeah like, to really make it work and it's kind of like david spade's voice it is it's a little like, abrasive eh. You know, but I mean, it's it's still one of a kind. Like you can't really find anybody else that sounds remotely close to either David Spade or Billy Crystal. So yeah, but yeah, John Goodman. He's oh. I have to yeah. So I would have to give it to John Goodman. Yeah. What? And so I mean, that one was a pretty short one. There wasn't yeah. much to that well, one. Well, I mean, here's a little uh, quick fact. You know, when when he was Pacha, Pacha actually means Earth in um what what Mexican? No, um, Spanish, I think, or is it? It's the Peru language. I, don't <laughs> I know. I, I, I sound pretty short-sighted here, but yeah, um, Pacha means Earth. And uh, initially, um, when when uh, Disney was creating Emperor's New Groove, the working title was Kingdom of the Sun, and it was more of a of a story about like mistaken identity, where there were like uh, lookalikes, a doppelganger of of the king that would get switched. Um, but anyway, uh, initially. Uh, Pacha's character was a much younger man who resembled the king, Cusco, and uh, it was going to be Owen Wilson. Can you imagine Owen Wilson? No. 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 But again, I think they were going for a different character entirely. So when they sort of scrapped that and they went back to the drawing board, of course, they they aged up 
um, the, the, the supporting character to, to Cusco, and they made him Pacha, and therefore they, they chose John Goodman, which I think was a very rich and uh, just well-thought-out decision. Yeah. Um, all right, so you're number two female, female. voice actress. Yeah. So for me, right now, this is literally a toss-up. I mean... No, it can't. It, it, couldn't, it couldn't be closer. So just based on the mood I'm feeling today, I'm going to go with Jody Benson. You know what? Me and you are on the same page there. Oh! Jody Benson. Jody Benson, number two. So I guess both of us can just dish on it since, you know, same... Jody Benson's on the same level. Like the yeah, same I think Jody Benson's um, Little Mermaid. Yes. Well, it, well, I'm trying to... This is not any shade at Jody Benson. I think Jody Benson obviously helped out, but I think there was a culmination of things that The Little Mermaid did right. Honestly, it was the perfect storm. Yeah, like they caught lightning in a bottle on that one. So yeah, I I, I think Jody Benson though did a great job. I mean, she her did. singing for you know Little Mermaid. I mean, like she she did great with every single track. Oh, um, I mean, I think it's cool because like 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 you mentioned before, like some of your um, other favorite fo- voice actresses where you remember the songs that they sung instead of their dialogue with her i think it's a little bit different because i remember a lot of her dialogue that i love as well as um her like the songs that 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 she sings so um i, I think they're they're finally again getting i guess better dialogue or more for the the female actress like to work with uh in that movie and i think that's why it was partly so successful well what was your favorite line with jody benson so um uh, honestly for me it's it's like it's whenever she's talking with Sebastian and she's sort of like oh Sebastian like come on you know like how Sebastian is able to understand both her side as well as the Kings um, but for me I think I think for me what I really enjoy is that is that playful tone of hers so for me my favorite quote of hers is like oh come on flounder don't be such a guppy yeah you that's know? what I right was like thinking of it's great like i love that playful tone to her and um and again it, it just sort of it brings out that that adolescent quality that that ariel is like you know she's like a she's 16, 16 year old yeah so it's 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 very cool like like she has like the the words you know of an ad- adolescent but behind it like she means like oh come on like let's do something new let's try like she has the motivation to you know, go outside of Atlantis or to, you know, do something that, that might be frowned upon from, you know, like the Atlantean society, but what she wants to do in her heart. Like it might not be ultimately right and it might be dangerous. Again, like that's the whole teenage thing. Like maybe they don't realize what they're getting into until it happens. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I didn't think, think this through. But it's just that whole sense of wonder. And it's like, what else is out there that I need to explore? Like I can't just stay content. I need to keep yeah. keep moving forward. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. So, let's jump down. <clears throat> do we want to do? Uh, <clears throat> do we want to do honorable mentions first and then do our top? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We need to keep the people waiting, man. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, if I we want to keep them waiting, we can just talk. Yeah. Yeah. So, how you doing, Greg? I'm good. I'm good, man. Um, you know, it just uh, it's a beautiful day out. It's kind of cold. It is a little cold, but uh, you know, I'm enjoying time here okay have we kept them waiting long enough you know i think so okay okay I let's go so. back to what we're doing um <laughs> so honorable uh, yes. mentions for me for male voice actors um 
Uh, obviously, there's a lot. You know, James Earl Jones. Yep. You know, Mufasa. Yep. I mean, there's no better voice that commands authority than James Earl Jones. And I love the fact that he came back and reprised his role for the live action. That's special. Which is great. That's very special. Um, and then I have to throw these two in, just because they've... I mean, their movies have dominated and just like just been great. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of what my views are of the fourth movie, I would have to go Tim Allen and Tom Hanks. Ooh, Tim and Tom. What, what, what would great. you What would you throw out? For me, I gotta go with the uh, the dynamic duo here, Timon and Pumbaa. I think they just. Um, Individually, they are very unique voices, but I think together they make such a great ensemble that it's like it's it's so much fun to watch and rewatch. I mean, come on, Timon and Pumbaa. <coughs> there's a reason why that they made a spin-off TV show of Timon and Pumbaa mm-hmm. after The Lion King. Like, come on. So I, I would definitely throw out yeah Ernie Sabella who played uh, Pumbaa and um, Nathan Lane who played Timon. Um, I think in the in the live action remake, it was um, Seth Rogen as Pumbaa, and oh my gosh, um, was the other Timon- guy? It, it was the guy. It was it was Craig from Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the wine t- guy. You know, like yeah, I totally forgot who he was, but yeah, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know. I feel so <coughs> bad. Sorry, sorry uh, to whomever played the new Timon. Um, okay, so what about your female runner-up voice actresses? Yes. Uh, I would have to say Pat Carroll, who plays Ursula. I just really like... Yeah, I would agree with you. Right? Like, yep. she commands the stage as a villain, as a female villain, and I think she does it phenomenally. Um, in terms of other... <laughs> so even though, like, she's not in a whole lot of this movie, I do love Shmoopsie Poo from Monsters, Inc., you know? Um, as that Gorgon-looking creature. Yeah, so those would probably be the two that that come to my head. Of course, like I do love Pocahontas. Her her uh, I, I forget her voice actress name, um, but uh, yeah. How yeah, you? I would uh, one more I would throw in there. I mean, there's obviously a lot of them. I mean, I love a ton. I, I just can't remember the names off the top of my head right now. I mean, obviously I love the lady who played Cruella Deville. I think she did yes. an amazing job. Playing close, huh? <laughs> Glenn Close. Uh, Glenn Close. No, she's a live Robert action. Deville in the live action <laughs> with um, Jeff Daniels. Um, yeah, that's right, Jeff Daniels. Which I loved that movie Dang. too, by the way. Um, I would have to throw it off to um, Ellen, who played Dory. Oh my gosh, how did I miss that? Yes, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, that's Dory. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Ellen DeGeneres is uh, played a gr- did a great job with Dory's. Uh, innocence and um, mental um, faculties where you know she just had short-term memory loss um, I think she did a good job I think she just you know she would make you feel like oh man uh, Marlon was being a bit of a jerk <laughs> right and, <laughs> but, and, and, but in an innocent way yeah and yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> she put in in a way where it's not off-putting but where it, it makes the character realize like oh m- well maybe I overstepped here or maybe I should tone it back yeah, I think that she had a real uh, tact to that. Yeah. Um, since we're sort of going into Pixar here, I really do like um, Helen Hunt. I believe that's her name. She plays um, Elastigirl in Incredibles. Yep. Yeah, I just really I mean, like the way that that she speaks. Um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there, and I hate myself for doing it. 
But we can't talk about voice actresses and things that have destroyed this world. Oh boy. I mean, the Dina Monzel, Elsa, Frozen, that. let it go. Just let it go, man. Let it go. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I love that laugh you just <clears throat> It makes me feel all warm inside. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, you can't talk about Disney without thinking of let it go. You yep. Know, it, so now let's get to it, guys. Oh, boy. Let's do the it. The time let's get down that you've to... been waiting for, waiting about 43 minutes or so into this episode to hear our top picks for voice actors and actresses. Okay, so let's do... Okay, do we want to... Okay, yeah, we'll just stick with our routine because we've been doing male and then female. So my... Well, okay, who's your number one? All right. For me, my number one would have to be James Woods, who portrayed Hades in Hercules. Not common at all. No, but I mean... Why? Explain to me why, because I'm... I'm... I am very confused by this. Yeah. It's it was just his rapid fire approach to the character where you know Hades like when you think of that like oh he's sort of like <laughs> Lucifer like he's the devil he's supposed to be menacing, angry, like something to be feared but with the with what James Woods put into that portrayal it's like it's rapid fire he's just hilarious as that character like he he's of course hot-headed literally his head is it's covered in blue flame. And just the way that I, I, just the way that he, um, I guess, leads with pain and panic, and how he, you know, talks to Meg. So I, it's, it's just for me, it, it was just really, really engaging for me. Like I, it, it was just something com- completely different because um, I wasn't expecting it out of a villain like that. Because he was also like the comic relief. He was the comic relief, but also the main villain that you could also take seriously. He he treaded that line very very well. Like you could you know oh some scenes he's he's like the guy who he's angry but he's also like hilarious as well where you can laugh at him. But then all of a sudden he's like oh he flipped that switch he's evil you know like he had he had that great that that grating to his voice that underlying um, evilness that I I just found like re- it it just drew me in and um, looking back yeah it's just. I don't know. I, I just really love that portrayal because I, it wasn't what I was expecting. It was completely different, and I, I think he's very underrated in that regard. Um, like even when, when he was auditioning for for the role, um, you know, he he didn't really follow the prompts that Disney was giving the voice actors. Like they 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 wanted him to be slow and menacing and more of a thought provoking, serious villain. But James Woods came in, he flipped it on its side, and he did this rapid-fire approach that was a lot akin to Robin Williams and his portrayal of Genie. How? Okay, wait, wait, don't, don't step on my toes. Right. Okay, okay. But like, I'm saying though, like, just James Woods, he he ad-libbed a ton of his lines, and honestly, like that's like pretty much solidified him as as Hades and and I think that Disney made a really good choice in in casting him uh, because he, he for me he stands out with uh, among all of the other voice actors just far 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 away okay yeah. my, my favorite <coughs> line in Hercules maybe not favorite line my favorite scene in Hercules is actually mm-hmm. when um, they're overlooking Hercules at the Coliseum not by the cave, but in the Coliseum when he's like working out, 
Oh, and yeah. uh, he sees. I think it's pain or panic. Oh, I think it's uh, pain. Okay, was wearing Hercules slippers. Oh, and he's like, yeah. the plan I've been working on for eighteen years is going up in smoke, and you're wearing his merchandise. And then pan, and then yep. uh, pain. No panic. Just a si- sipping on a soda, and then he just explodes. <laughs> I thought that I was like the best. I know, like just just that raw emotion that he was able to just funnel into this character. It's just like it was it was it was pure joy for me watching it. I'm like, I cannot get enough of this. I can't. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah, for me, and then like when it comes down to it, I think my favorite line of his. I mean, of course, I, 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 I can't do it justice, but um, it was. Um, it's just like even when he was talking with Meg, like when when they first meet her, you know, in the woods, he's like, oh, you know, like my my little Meg, my little nut Meg, you know. It's just like yeah. these little things that he throws in there that that just makes the character even more fleshed out. Um, just really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I would agree with you. I actually do like his portrayal of Hades. It's not. It's not what you would expect. It's not serious. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's serious, like he's obviously mean, but it's not dull, boring, whatever kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a dynamic performance that mm-hmm. you can definitely engage with. It's like, okay, what is he going to do next? I have no idea. Because, like, literally, the, the Disney executives had no idea where he was going to go next with the character, <laughs> which was so much fun to just see as the movie unraveled. So Yeah. All right, so enough about my top voice actor how about yours chris it has to be robin williams that was a shocker <laughs> yeah i have to go with robin williams i i mean you when you're dealing with a comedic genius like robin williams i mean he was owning it in the late 80s early 90s i mean rick and morty and like all that stuff nobody was touching him you mean morgan mindy that morgan and morty mindy, whatever <laughs> uh, yeah whatever morgan but mindy he, he killed it as the genie. Like, if you look at any of the behind-the-scenes information about Aladdin, there is documented cases of when Robin Williams would say the lines, 95% of the stuff he said was not scripted. Right. To and the I- point where people, like, he would say stuff, and then they would tell the animators, animate around what he is saying. Right. Like, like they have... Like so much stuff that has not even like they've released a lot of stuff. Yeah. But like, there's so much that they could not keep up with. Overall, and, I think it was like 16 hours of material that like, Robin Williams was just riffing off of, like, like completely ad libbing it, going crazy and doing his thing. Yeah, and the fact that like in the movie, he was changing his voices as oh the genie. God. I know. Like he, the the one that stood out the most to me was when he um. Did an impression of Jack Nicholson. Yes. I'm like, what is going on now? Like, that's so meta. It's awesome. Like, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, he would go from being like Arnold Schwarzenegger to right. being like an Irish, like an Irishman to a dog to, you know, like, I mean, he was just so dynamic in his acting. And then like, even in his singing, like he would portray it through the singing, like he like in um, you'll never have a friend like me. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes from just singing normally to having a French accent, and you know, like, seamless, seamlessly. Yeah. And and he just, oh my gosh, dude! Like Robin Williams defined, and I think for uh, 
James Wood, like what you were saying. Yeah. I think Robin Williams was the catalyst for guys like that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it also it also gave voice actors the uh, courage to do things that were maybe off the book or something that's totally new to, to think outside the box. Because usually it's like, okay, follow the script. This is how we want you to sound. But with Robin Williams, it was, it was just like each day was something new that no one would like expect not even himself like it, it would just yeah come well and that's the thing it's like you cannot have so like, like, like a way i explain it like a, a good ex- example that's a little bit different not so much vocal as it is facial so like when jim carrey did the mask they had to do the makeup in such a way that they could not restrict his facial moves because if you know anything of jim carrey's acting it's very physical right like all of his stand-up stuff and all of his movies Half of the comedy comes from his face because he can contort his face in the weirdest ways. I know. So if you restrict an actor, especially a comedian, from what their shtick is, yeah. like with Jim Carrey, do not restrict his physical abilities to make comedy. That's what he got famous for. Exactly. For Robin Williams, it's his voice changes. It's his lines. It's his one-offs. It's like his impressions. It's his mind. It's where yeah. he goes when he's in the zone. So like that's why it's like for me, it's like do not touch him. T- and like this is where... like fairly or unfairly I'm I feel for Will Smith like oh I know we're gonna get into this in the next episode but I'll touch on a little bit well I won't touch on Jim Carrey's portrayal I mean uh, Will Smith's uh, portrayal right we'll get to that when we get to the next episode but um or a later episode yeah but my thing is with guys like Robin Williams who literally defined a genre of voice acting or not even a or genre, a specific like, character it's just like he is that character where like, like no w- one else can touch him no I, matter- would s- I would say out of everybody in the disney renaissance if you were to say pick one male animated character that just that represented the re- essence of the renaissance it would be the genie hands down because I, I think the the female actress that would represent it would probably be the little mermaid or belle I, I would um, say Jodie Benson for sure as yeah. Ariel. Mm-hmm. So when you're taking somebody as iconic as Robin Williams, like, I, like I'm not saying anything against James Wood, but like Robin Williams was so far above everybody else in the Renaissance. He was ahead of his time. Yeah. I and mean. so like that's why it's like to me it's like when somebody else was when they said they were gonna do a live action remake, everybody and, and this is this is not to talk bad about what happened with Robin Williams and you know mental illness and depression. I mean, like, right. I get it. Like, one of my old friends that was a roommate with me committed suicide. Mm. Like, I'm not downplaying that at all. But part of one of the things that I feel like happens when it comes to acting, and I'm talking from pure ignorance because I'm not an, an actor, <laughs> but, like, when you define a role, like an iconic role as the genie or Heath Ledger's the Joker, mm-hmm. when the next person has to step in, it's like you're defined by that scale of the other person. And rightly or unrightly, that's what you have to live with. Yeah. So it's I like you always bad. have that pressure. Yeah. And I feel bad for Will Smith or I'm not even going to bother with Jared Leto, but yeah, just <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. That. But that's what it comes down to. Like you have two iconic people. Like you have Robin Williams, one of the greatest comedic actors of the past 30 years. Do the genie, one of the most iconic characters in the past 30 years. And now you have to live up to that in a live action movie now. Right. 
So we'll just take that, and I could keep going about this. Oh, for sure. Because I really do think for Robin sure. Williams is the best. Yeah, so. I mean, he's definitely up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. And for me, I'm like, do I question putting him at number three? <clears throat> Honestly, like... Yes, you should question personally, that. Personally, I don't. Like, I'm completely content and happy with I mean, my choice. That's totally fine. You have every right to be wrong. <laughs> in your eyes. In my <laughs> eyes, I'm, I'm completely right. I know what feels right. Yeah, so uh, very, very good choices um, for, for our number one spot for voice actors. Um, for voice actresses, um, I would have to say... I. I'm I'm, finally, I'm I'm understanding that there is a theme here that I'm going with. So um, for me, it's Susan Egan who played Meg from Hercules. <laughs> so I just realized that the top choices of each category Come from are your from favorite Hercules, movie. my favorite movie. Yep. I, it's amazing. I wonder. Like I didn't even realize that. Honest to God, honest. Did not realize that until I just spoke it right now. Um, so yeah, she. For me, I don't know. It's just the way that. I just like her dialect. The way she does her R's. I know that's really weird to say. Just like, I like how she says the R's in words. <laughs> and she has that really like sarcastic know-it-all tone. But also, it's like, you know, she, she also brings that kind of, um, you know, playfulness. Like, yeah. that, that, like that coyness to her. And I think that that feeds off of uh, Tate Donovan's portrayal of Hercules so well. Because, you know, he's really innocent. Like, he falls head over heels for her uh, literally during his first meeting when he's saving her from that centaur. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that dynamic. I love how, like, she's, like, in control, sort of. Also, that feeds into the plot where, like, you know, she is working for Hades. And then, you know, she's trying to get Herc to, you know, um, you know fall under Hades' trap here. But then she, you know ends up um, falling in love with him, which then brings me to my favorite song that she has ever sung, which is, I won't say I'm in love. Um, I mean, overall, just the, the the Hercules soundtrack is so well-crafted because they brought in like a gospel feel to the muses. And I feel like that was such a perfect way to do this kind of um, tale that they were going after. And Meg, man, when she sings, I won't say I'm in love, I mean, just her vocal prowess in in that song. It fits perfectly. And um, a, a, a cool thing that I that I found out was um, Susan Egan, she also played um, Beauty and the Beast, or Belle in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway and uh, in, in 1994, actually. And she was nominated for the Tony Award, which I find pretty interesting that, you know, she got to play a different Disney princess this time on stage. I like it. Yeah, so how about you, Chris? So my number one, <clears throat> it's not so much because of, um, once again, the um, prolificity or even because of the extravagant lines that the actor, actress has, um, but the iconicness of it. I mean, I you cannot, for female voice actors, you have to go with, at least for me, I'm going to pronounce this name wrong. Uh, Adriana Kislody. Kislody. Here, let, let me uh, throw it up to see if I can help you out here. I'm so bad with pronouncing names. I butcher names. But it, Snow White. Man, you cannot <clears throat> think about Disney movies okay. and not think about Snow White. Her voice is so unique. It's, I mean, even to the point. Well, and this is where you know I'm at. 
I might not get some um, likes on this, but I find her voice too whiny and annoying for me. It is a little grating, not gonna lie. It's not my favorite, but it's so iconic. Like, that idea of like, but even then, like her style of voice and singing was meant to be a very, you know, um, sweet, elegant, beautiful, young, young, yeah, she was also, yeah. um, delicate young character. Mm-hmm. voice. Like a flower. Like, like you a are a princess. You were supposed to have a very serene voice and like almost very proper. Mm, yes. And so her voice as Snow White as the first Disney princess. Well, not whatever. But there's a, diff- there's a different argument about that. But mm-hmm. first full-length animated movie, Princess, right. that defined what princesses should be she going forward. She started it all. Yeah. You can't not talk about her. I, and that's why I would say she is the ultimate female actress, in my opinion, not because of the prolificity, not because of the wittiness, not because of anything, but because she set the stage, rightly or unrightly, for whatever people are arguing for now. The idea of what a Disney princess has to be is cemented and grounded in there. At some point, you can't get away from it. There's no way to. So I'm sorry. Like I, I, I get Anna and Elsa, I get Moana, I get all of them, but they, you, they find their roots in Snow White. You can't get away from that. And regardless of whatever people want, whatever <clears throat> people want to say about, oh well, that was back then, and they didn't understand women, and they did all this stuff. Regardless of what you think of that, history is history. That they have their roots in Snow White. And I don't care what people says. I mean what people say. It's it's a it's a fact. If Disney created the first full length animated movie and had her as the star of what a Disney princess was, and historically the next two Disney princesses that did you know well in the movie theaters, Sleeping Beauty and Snow White. They follow that same type of archetype for the voice and the character, even to the point where I would even say, like, it wasn't really until the Renaissance that you got that same understanding, but started putting a little bit more empowerment in there. But they still could not avoid the idea of you cannot have straight empowerment and just throw away the idea of the feminine qualities or nature and still find that important like I, I don't I didn't I don't know I think I'm starting to rant now because and I don't want to get no, too but you political. bring up good good points I don't want to get political and I don't want to get whatever but I think right. you cannot talk about female voice actresses for Disney and not talk about the original big buster princess that started this empire right yeah no com- completely true so um, to wrap up this episode of top five five voice actors <laughs> and actresses I think we should go into quotes. So uh, what more fitting to do a quote session of, you know, let's just pick one of the actors or actresses that we touched upon and to give our favorite quote or a quote that comes to our mind. So for me, of course, I'm going to do Hades. So if you want, you can you can look up um, like a quote from Robin Williams as Genie. Um, so for me, uh, there are so many things that, that I can do um, for for Hades here. Um, that, that really just sets him apart from every other thing. Uh, but anyway, one thing is, uh, you know, when he was uh, talking with Hercules uh, when they were in the Colosseum and seeing him training right before he made the deal with Hercules, um, 
you know, he was he was trying to say, you know, you know, to save the ones that you love, like, are you willing to give up the powers for, for a day, for 24 hours? And uh, Hercules, you know, he's under the sway of Meg, and he's like, yes, of course, of course. But at but first, you know, he doesn't quite um, understand what Hades was playing at, so Hades was like, you know, trying to convince him. Then one of my favorite quotes from his, him is, you know, we dance, we kiss, we smooth, we carry on, we go home, we, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. So I think that's that, that's a really cool um, line for me where it's just, again, his rapid fire approach and that like carelessness to say, hey, you know, it's not a big deal, Herc, you know, shake my hand, do the deal. When in reality, there's just so much behind it. That's like, it's nefarious. So that's mine. <clears throat> mine from, and I have so many from Robin Williams that <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. Like, um, so one of mine would have to be, are you looking at me? Did you rub my lamp? Did you wake me up? Did you bring me here? And all of a sudden you're walking out of me? I don't think so. Not right now. And I can't scream this loud into the mic, but you're yeah. getting your you're getting your wishes, so sit down. That that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, Did you rub my lamp? Huh? <laughs> and I was like, come on, come on, come on, Al. So I like that one. Love it. Great. Uh, Alright, ladies right. and gentlemen. So make sure to find us on uh, Twitter. We are at my Disney Addicts. Uh, Facebook, My Disney Addiction Podcast, and Instagram at my underscore Disney underscore addiction underscore podcast. Well, this has been a great one. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you tell your friends, you know, subscribe, yes. follow, comment, like. And if yeah. you want to be on the episode, because we do feature a special guest each turn every episode, you can email us at mydisneyaddictionpodcast at gmail.com. You know, just take your phone, record yourself, you know, audio or video, you know, stating your name, where you're from, and how long you have been a Disney addict. We would greatly appreciate it. We want you guys to be a part of this. You know, message us on uh, the Facebook group, Instagram, Twitter, whatever the case may be. We want to interact with you guys. We want to talk with you guys. And we want you guys to be a part of this because this is not an, just an addiction for me and Greg. It, there's a whole community of Diz ads, Diz yes. addicts, Disney addicts. Yes, Disney addicts. I don't know how to say that. So definitely join us. We want you guys to be a part of this. We want this to be a uh, very welcoming, welcoming group, here. collective group. We definitely want you the guys. more the merrier. Yeah, we want this to be a big thing for everybody to come and enjoy. So it was a fun time. Yes. All right, we will talk to you guys next week. Yes, and without further ado, we are pleased as punch to introduce you to our newest Disney addict. Hello. My name is Brandon. And my name is Leah, and we're from Waukesha, Wisconsin. I've been a Disney addict for 18 years. And I've been a Disney addict since 1998 when Mulan came out in theaters. That was a Titan Cast episode.